This week on Jesus, Sex, and Politics, we're going to pick it up where we left off last week down at the Indiana GOP State Convention, and we have a special show. We were interviewed by our good friend Rob Kendall from WIBC. Rob has a weekly show called Statehouse Happenings where he dives into Indiana politics in depth, and he interviewed us on his show uh, last week, so we thought it would be fun to bring that to you now. Rob is a, a great guy. He's funny, holds politicians' feet to the fire, and he's been a longtime conservative voice in the state of Indiana. So we're going to bring that to you, and hopefully it gives you a good take on kind of what happens at a GOP convention in the state of Indiana and how you can make a difference in your own right just by speaking truth, knowing where to go, knowing who to who to contact. We all have a duty to uphold um, this constitutional republic. And it's our job to keep it. So get ready to dive into today's podcast. We know you're going to enjoy it. Be sure to subscribe, like, and share us on every platform that you have when it comes to social media. So let's dive into this. Here we go. Hey, welcome to the Jesus, Sex, and Politics podcast. I'm Micah. I'm Nathan. And here we talk about all the things the culture doesn't want to talk about. And that might scare you. Rob Kendall and, well, these two guys. The program is uh, <laughs> State House Happenings. Your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. We're at the Republican State Convention. And Micah Beckwith, boy, you're so kind. Like, you're so famous that you just... Dropped some microphones in the middle of the Coliseum, and nobody said anything. Well, I mean, we're, I'm here with our friends at U.S. Term Limits, and so I'm, if anyone says anything, I'm going to say, well, we're technically kind of with the U.S. Term Limits people. Then they're going to have to take on our good friend Aaron, and Aaron's bigger than most people, so I'm, <laughs> I'm trusting he's my bodyguard and right now. So you have somebody else here with you. Would you like to introduce our other co-host? We have, we have the other half of the Jesus, Sex, and Politics podcast, Nathan Peternell, so my co-host on that podcast. He's a pastor at Life Church, lead pastor at Life Church, and uh, him and I work together in ministry. So Okay, so the convention is still going on, but I... I'm out this week, so I have to get a show because I have a fabulous sponsor who gives me gobs and gobs of money. And so as such, we had to go and record the show. But the convention has not been decided yet, but it looks like at least one of the races has been decided. And I think we could start by saying, guys, first of all, the governor taking it on the chin in round one, which pains me to no end. Does it really pain you? Because I feel it's like terrible. you uh, you were hoping for this. Uh, I wake up every day and want good moment. things to happen you to are the governor. A liar, liar, liar! <laughs> pants on fire. You guys were on the floor. Yeah. What's the mood down there? Well, I think from my perspective, the conservatives are really making a strong statement right now because we have both Daniel Elliott and Diego Morales, who are kind of the conservative stalwarts. Uh, that they really they came in. They yeah, took look the at top. You. You're like a walking mobile billboard. <laughs> Nathan he is, is dressed well, normal. Yeah, I'm dressed. I, I like. Listen now, the other candidates. Here's the thing. So we have some really great candidates, especially on the treasurer side. So I'm not saying that there aren't other good candidates there, but I do think. If you were looking at who's really pushed back against the Holcomb people, yeah, it, I mean Daniel Elliott stood up in the 18 convention and told Holcomb to hands off our traditional yeah, marriage. Yeah, look at the, him, Nathan. He's like a NASCAR driver. He's got this guy and that guy. And he does. He's decked out. Oh, geez, come on, Rob. You, where is your Holcomb shirt? <laughs> I heard he got booed last night. Is that a real thing? He did. At yep. the Friday night he event? Did. He did, yeah. Now, the yep. deal I made with the Republican Party was, uh, in terms of reporting, 
that I would be totally fair and just call it down the middle and I would make snide comments. But now that I'm here with you and you are the voice of the conservative movement in the state of Indiana, uh, all bets are off. So what's the what's the mood? You guys are down on the floor right now. Yeah. What are people saying? Diego Morales wins round one. Round Daniel one. Elliott wins round one. Yep. And obviously the round two voting is going on down there. What are people saying after round one? Well, Nathan, this is your first convention. So what do you think? I mean, what's kind of been, what have you taken in from being a first-time delegate at the state convention? Well, it's, it's an awesome process. It's been a lot of fun to be a part of it. I think that, uh, you know, it's, I, you, you got the, the two that drop out at the end now, and now who's going to get those votes. And I think that, in in the church world, it's amazing how close that unity can come, and the and and the Lord seems to help us make up our minds whenever it's closer to dinner. And uh, it just <laughs> it seems like the, everybody yeah. seems to get really Everyone united. Is hungry. It is right now. We are pushing almost four thirty. Yeah. And why do you guys take so long to count votes? I don't know. That's a great do question. Do they not understand? We have we have this new system called Dominion voting machines that we're working with, or something. It's nice to know we're actually filling something out on paper, though. <laughs> do they not understand that it is Saturday at the U.S. Open? And there is a massacre going they on at the, at the country club at Brookline. They and thought, I am stuck here with you people. They thought you weren't going to come if they made sure that they did it during the yeah. U.S. Open. And, I mean, that was the whole Holcomb strategy. Keep well, Rob Kendall out of the convention. Well, we'll luckily, the- luckily, there is this <laughs> online platform. Did you guys know about these online streaming services that are a big thing now <laughs> called Peacock, where you can watch the U.S. Open while I watch the voting take place? How many times have you hit that up so far? Uh, uh, the whole time I've been here. I've been paying attention at all. I've just been winging it. I did, did Morales actually win the first round? I don't yes, know. I yes, just, he did. Yeah. I made that up. Okay, so he only needed yeah. like 53 uh, was, votes. Yeah, he was at 46%. So yeah. he was just under the 50 uh, yeah. the 50% threshold that he would have needed, or the 51% threshold that he would have needed to win, the, win it right out. And so, I don't know that the other 15 votes that became available, though, are going to help. Okay. Over that next so, four okay. percent. So, so the one guy, what's his name? Hag, Paul. Hag, Paul. Hag, yeah. Paul. 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 Remember we talked about Paul. <laughs> Paul we Paul, did last week. Paul. What's show. his name? Yeah. Uh, uh, I think it's Hag- Haggard. Paul. Paul Haggard. What's his name? Yeah, Got yeah. fifteen delegates votes. Yeah. And I'm a little torn on this because we had talked about it before. I previously said I would not want to do a convention because you only got like eighteen hundred people you're appealing to. And I want to impose my wrath on as many people as possible in a campaign trail. But now that I know that if you pay the filing fee, you get like seven minutes to stand up in front of the entire Republican <laughs> Party and tell them exactly what you think. They're, they're, I have totally changed. Oh, I did not man. know. I didn't did not know a freewheeling speech was involved. They are going to make it illegal for you to do that next time. Because, <laughs> Rule changes yeah, are coming. Yeah. Whatever the next thing is, what is it, Attorney General? I'm not a man of the law, but I can learn. Uh, I am gonna I'm gonna pay that fee. And by the way, what if you don't even want to run? What if you just wanna What if you just wanna give just the get speech? Because I, I think like a like a uh, a donor, a rich donor, would fund that the Rob wow. Kendall speech in front of the Republican <laughs> Party. Uh, I thought the so so he drops off, yeah, and now he's just got to get Diego's just got to get fifty three of the remaining delegates. Even you could get fifty three of the remaining well, delegates. Well, okay, but here's the thing: so you're assuming that those delegates are going to just say, "Oh, well, Diego's the top choice." I mean. You don't know those delegates could be very much aligned with with Holly or David. Uh, yeah. David and the, and so they might. 
So they might actually, you know, he may get less. That's true. And, and so this is this could go on for for a little while. Okay. Do you so, ever have the the situation happen where two and three decide that they're going to team, team up, up in yeah. order to yeah. to work yeah. out number one? Yep. So the program is Statehouse Happenings. Rob Kendall, Micah Beck, with Nathan Peter Nels with us. We're at the Republican uh, convention. I uh, wonder when you guys are on the floor after the first vote, like is somebody haggling you? Is someone like, hey? You know, you really need to go to our side now. You've had your opportunity to vote for your underachiever. Now pick our underachiever. How does that conversation <laughs> play out? Well, I did have one person who came up yeah. and tried to change my mind and, uh, and, and, and twist it a little bit. But I think I'm supposed to be down there doing that, actually, for one of the candidates. <laughs> right now. So uh, I may be, uh, yeah, I may be not in the right place. But, yeah, they, no, that happens. I mean, they're jockeying for, you know, hey, here's how this person aligns right. with you know, you your candidate got got is dropped out now. So, but your candidate believed this. The our candidate also believes this, and so, and they're cheering for something. Yeah, so maybe, we may have missed they're, that. They're, they're, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do we keep going? <laughs> There's something uh, going on. I think they're getting ready to announce. We probably need to get over there. Okay. So do we take a break? Let's take a break. We'll All be right. back after we'll, these we'll hear messages. from uh, Freedom Foods Indiana. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Hey, this is Nathan from Jesus, Sex, and Politics, and I just want to invite you to like us, subscribe, share us on whatever platform you're using to get this podcast. Mike and I have decided that we are terrible, terrible self-promoters, and uh, it's just our job to make sure that once in a while we do this. So here's my attempt. Like us, subscribe, share, and uh, get people interested and listening to Jesus, Sex, and Politics. If you're in the Hamilton County, Noblesville area, be sure to check out Sunshine Service Incorporated. They service all makes and models of cars, and they are your friends, local community members who specialize in auto repair service. They believe the business of auto repair is that the service is the difference. Their auto technicians in Noblesville use state-of-the-art tools, equipment, and training to keep up with today's most complicated vehicle management systems, from brakes to batteries, filters to fluids, routine preventative maintenance to complex full vehicle repairs and service. They have you covered. Be sure to call George and his amazing team. I use them. They've been great on my car. I have nothing but good things to say about them and you will too. We guarantee it. All right, Rob Kendall, Micah Beck with Nathan Peter. Now the program is State House Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. We're from the state convention, the Republican State Convention. That was a false alarm, but it was, we had to put the ad in anyway, so it was fine. Uh, there, there's not a vote total. Trying to get it updated. Vote total. I think someone was doing the cha-cha slide okay. down on the state floor. So <laughs> let's talk about the actual reality that Diego's probably going to win. Let's operate from that standpoint. And then if it blows up in our face, it'll be our Dewey beats Truman moment. <laughs> You voted for a guy that <laughs> got oh, booted out of the go. office at least once. Here we go. Quit because he was probably going to get booted out the next time. Don't you feel a little weird that that's the best the Republican Party can do? I'm not saying he's worse than Sullivan. He's probably not. But is okay. there a party that goes, wow, that's not really good real world experience? Okay, so now our party chairman in our county yes. he told me he said that he talked to both charlie white mm -hmm. and todd rakita yeah both said that he was not 
booted or fired from the office because of poor performance. It was a, it was more of the political uh, infighting or the, you know, if you're in an office and you're in a political, you're in a Are political office. Are you getting office. dizzy spinning no, around? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm still good right now. I'm still, uh, I'm still able to stand <laughs> on my, on my argument right now. Uh, but you know, if you if you give your two weeks notice, right. they're going to say, "Hey, we don't want you to stay two yeah. weeks because you're going to take information. You could use it against us. You know, we know that you're not with us anymore." And so they just cut you right there. So that's what I think. What that's what I've been told has happened. I think he's worth taking a shot. He's on. an innocent victim. Well, no, I'm not saying he's an innocent victim. And I did tell him this. I said, "Hey, Diego, if you win this thing, conservatives are going to hold you accountable. Don't you dare think right. you should start sliding a little bit to the the left." Or else there's going to be repercussions for that. And so, uh, and he, he was like, no, I expect that for, from you. I want you to do that. Nathan, he's just a lost cause and <laughs> totally beyond help. But you, on the other hand. I don't wear a button. <laughs> you don't wear the button. You don't wear the ribbon. You don't wear the button. <laughs> don't wear the ribbon. Why you don't wear the ribbon? <laughs> yeah. the so yeah. what were you looking for from, uh, from these candidates? What were you wanting to hear as a first-time delegate? I'm not a huge Holcomb fan. <laughs> No kidding. So therefore, you know, uh, maybe maybe on the appointment side of things, you know, I don't I don't I don't love that. I I tend to I like to be inspired. I like a great story, and uh, and when I see Diego and the hard work, and when I see a guy who loves his country, I'm willing to take a, a risk on that. Okay, here's my question for you guys, because you guys Can know. Can I pipe in for just yeah, one second, please? It's after okay, show. Go yeah, ahead. No, you. no, it's fine. Right. So you're only saying this because you're really hoping, yeah. that Jeff. Moore goes up against Holly Sullivan because that's going to do good things for the Libertarian Party. Oh, I don't care. I'm going to bury whoever the candidate is. And this is what I was going to say. I know we're all best of friends, but this is where we're going to have to part ways after today because we're concerned about very, very different, uh, very different things. I'm happy to run against a guy who on paper got fired from the office and I'm happy to have you on every single week and watch you turn into a top and spin around and around and around and around and convince me that what is that phony paperwork that I was looking at on Abdul's website was that yeah uh, that's right yeah. is that, is that yeah. not real let's yeah. talk about the treasurer's race though okay. because that's that was much less controversial those two those four candidates were way too nice to each other the entire time it was much less boring what are you looking at from a treasurer candidate? Well, right now you have you, you have big time overreach from Washington. So Biden is doing this ESG push, which is environmental social governance, oh. which basically, I mean, well, they're going to start tapping your your bank account, making sure that you spend money the right way, making sure you're saying the right things, or else they're going to they're going to punish you from yeah. a bank account perspective. They've already tried it by saying we're going to look at every expense, everything you spend over six hundred dollars. Now the treasurer is going to be on the front line of that battle going forward it's coming it's not here yet and we want to know if our treasurer is going to stand up to the overreach of washington and say you know biden you can go pound sand that's not going to happen on our watch and i think i think every one of them has basically made the push now pete seat was out the first round but uh, lana elise and daniel they're left and they're i think they've all said they're gonna they're gonna fight pretty hard on that uh are you surprised i actually thought seat gave the best speech does the speech matter does are have you already made up your mind by the time nathan the guy gets to yeah, the speech my mind. It, it doesn't matter right yeah. i mean i could get up there and it wouldn't change your mind <laughs> well i mean you you're pretty good you're a pretty good talker. I could get up there with the spotlight <laughs> on me, you know, angels singing in the background. The hallelujah chorus playing. Right, 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 yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I wondered as I was watching that, I wonder if anybody swayed because Pete Seed got up there and I thought he gave the best speech. 
and he grabbed the microphone and he was walking he was around walking like, the a, stage. Like, like a that TED, was good. Yeah. It was a TED talk. Yeah. It was something you would do. I, I thought I thought Pete did a great job on the speech. I thought it was a good speech. He, he was totally you. He was the worst dressed one up there. He was he was grabbing the microphone. He was walking around the stage. He was doing a TED talk. I said this could be back with, and this is the way you would this is the way you would go about it. So no deal. Like it, it doesn't matter. At no, that and point. in fact, the people right next to me they leaned over right after that and they said, "Did any of the speeches yeah. uh, sway you at all?" And the truth is, no. You came in with your mind pretty ma- much made up. And I, but I'm I'm a pretty decisive person. Maybe there's a lot of people out there that are listening. I that, have heard that some of the speeches on the Secretary of State side were going to sway the people how to vote because when it's a little bit closer yeah. call, when you've got some discrepancies with all the candidates, right. you're really looking to find okay in their speech what could I. Give me the hints that you're either for us or you're against us. I'm you picturing know? it being like in the Blues Brothers, you know, when James Brown is there in church and he keeps pointing at them and saying, do you see the light? Do <laughs> you right. see the light? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm so cynical on all of it, but I just watched the whole, this, this whole floor show that's taking place today, and I feel like we could have done this in an hour. The whole thing could have been done in one hour. You all know who you're voting for in the first ballot. But, Rob, you get to meet people. You get to talk to friends, old friends, new friends. I mean, I will, just- I will say that, that as a total newbie here at, at the convention, I have met tons of people who live in my county. I'm, I'm meeting people who ran for office. Yeah. I'm able to tell them why I agree or disagree with them, you know, or and just build relationships. But so. don't you have enough friends? Well, no, I like friends. Yeah, I like people. I mean, why don't you like yeah, people more, that's, Rob? That's, that's kind of part, part of the issue of serving people. You kind of have to like them at some point. Bobby Heenan, the famous professional wrestling manager, <laughs> once told me, a friend in need is a past. And I've always kept that with me throughout my travels, throughout throughout life. I've got, I've got a, uh, you know, I've got enough Bobby friends. Bobby Heenan. Oh, I know gosh. who that is. Micah, do you know who that no. is? No, Whoa, I have no idea. He was, he, was a, he was a famous pro- bad guy professional wrestling manager. Yes. Uh, but we could have started at 10. We could have been done by noon. The leaders at the U.S. Open didn't even tee off until 3.45. <laughs> the people at NBC did their best to try to help us with the delayed tee time. And the Republican Party has taken like nine hours to count these ballots. What is this, Cook County? <laughs> we, it's kind of like an Entmoot from Lord of the Rings. You know? <laughs> oh, here anything, we go. Here anything. we go. Hey, guys, uh, <laughs> let me tell you about Lord of the Rings and professional wrestling. It's, it's oh, anything know. worth saying takes a long time to say. <laughs> uh, the program State House Happenings, Micah Beckwith, Nathan uh, Peter Nell is our guest here at the Republican State Convention. What are you, you sent something out the other day, Beckwith, some pastor group, it was you and Joel Osteen and Jim Baker and a laundry list of uber famous uh, mega pastors. What I is think, it? I think you're saying, uh, is that the Charlie Kirk event? Out some in, some yeah, deal. Out in uh, San Diego. Jim Jones was no, on it with you. whatever, go. No, that's uh, so uh, Turning Point USA. We've been working closely with them yeah. at Life Church, and Charlie's kind of become a, a friend of mine, and, and he's really got a heart to see the church engage in this fight that we're in for the soul of our right. nation. So he started at Turning Point USA an ecosystem that uh, will engage churches. So they're doing their first uh, inaugural uh, pastor summit. It, August 12th, 13th, and 14th out in uh, Why do San you Diego. Let him go do all the no, fun I'm stuff. going with yeah, Well, I don't know. He's oh, not you, speaking. You but. cut him off the photo. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I don't get it. I'm not, no, I'm not make, big time like You're making is. him go do no, all the work. No. I get to carry and, the gear. And then it's your mug. Look look at me. I'm I'm the you know pastor Whatever. of the year. Kenneth Whatever. Copeland over here. <laughs> 
Hey, I'll wear my David Koresh glasses Edward, for you when yes, I'm up on stage. No, you are not wearing those. You need to do that and get uh, like a get me a 16 by 20 of you and Kirk with you with the David Koresh glasses okay, on. Right. What's this other term limits thing that I saw? U.S. term limits? It was like something that looked like if I clicked it, I would end up on a mailing list somewhere. Well, I'm glad Is that you a asked. real thing? I'm glad you asked, Rob, because we happen to be at the U.S. term limits booth right now doing this, uh, this show. U.S. Term Limits is a great organization. I'm the chairman of the Indiana chapter. And what does we that are, mean? That means that we're pushing to get Congress uh, term limited. It's going to be a constitutional amendment. Oh. So an Article 5 amendment, and we're going to make sure that both House and Senate in the in, the, in Washington, they're only allowed to serve a certain number of years. And, and then we're going to get them home, and then we're going to tap other people on the shoulder and say, now Great. you go out and serve. I love serve. this. Okay. But I am concerned because I would like to keep voting for you over and over and over <laughs> and over again, and this might limit my ability to keep voting for you over and over and over again because... Just in a different office. Well, but here's there the thing. Go, yeah. Once you're a senator, my job as a janitor in the nation's capital is <laughs> ironclad. You're going to be my press secretary. For, oh, no, you don't no, want no, that. No, that's <laughs> what you're going to no, Oh, I can. Oh. That's, why we, that's why he's going to do it. So. That's hilarious. <laughs> Can you can you imagine like uh, Chris Cuomo coming on, uh, you know, yes. try, and, and Rob debating Cuomo? Yes. In a, in a, oh, that'd be amazing. <clears throat> the the yeah. senator is ducking upset. <laughs> <laughs> so term limits any chance of this passing or is this another thing where it i is. look at you and your beautiful face no and smile no and I, no, no i think it really will the 82 percent of the nation uh of the nation's voters want term limits that's both republican and democrat so there's a big overwhelming uh heart for this it's not just partisan it's not just one party over the other uh you are his boss yeah nathan yeah <laughs> Do you ever? I mean, his wife. Is too, no, I'm. Still, wait, I mean, you, you, wait, what? <laughs> you, you are his boss. Do you ever look around and go, "Where is this guy at?" Um, no. Here's the th here's the crazy thing, Rob, is that every time I go to his campus, he's there. He's everywhere. He has a like he, a, he has like a, a twin. He has figured out teleportation. <laughs> I was in his office, and he's got Mike Tyson's punch out on a loop. <laughs> And I'm thinking, this is the path of the Lord. Hey, Glad I got that. I've got Tech Mobile. I've got Excite Bike and Paper Out, uh, Mario Brothers. I've never seen him play any of it. I think he just poses yeah. it and he knows what these video I games do. are. I met, I met someone close to you <laughs> today, and I haven't told you this yet. Okay. I met your mother-in-law. Oh, you met oh, yeah. You met Karen? Sure. Oh, yeah. She's, yes. she's great. She texted Susan and said that she met Rob Kendall. Yeah, she was phenomenal. Um, I asked her the question of, what in the world is your wife doing with you? <laughs> Still a question that has not been figured out as of yet. And uh, I just want to let you know that she's phenomenal. Your wife's phenomenal. I'm glad your wife got more delegate votes she than did. you did. She did. Well, that Wasn't means that the voters by are, a lot, though. She, I mean, she beat me by a hundred votes. So, which was, I mean, in a delegate race, that's that's kind of a lot. And so, uh, your appearance on WIBC probably cost you those hundred votes. Your <laughs> well, association maybe. with me. I say though, the voters are smart because there are voters that you know they wanted to vote for Susan over me. Yeah. And I, I mean, sure. I would too. No, I would too. I. Uh, I cannot believe you people pay money to do this. Like, I still can't believe $100. you pay $100. <laughs> By the way, but speaking of it, it's uh, State House Happenings. Michael Beckwith and Nathan Peternell were at the Republican State Convention. Why was the party chair lecturing me on using the term rhino in his speech? That was a great question. I think if you notice, the applause meter really went down after he started saying that. Now, listen, I... I, I here's the heart. He wants there to be unity within the party, and we all do. Okay, this is not a. We don't want to be a divisive party. This is a. This is unity. We we yeah. hope we can unify. But he said something that was interesting. He said, "I don't. I'm going. If you're a Republican, he said, I'm going to accept you into the party. 
like end of story. Right, right. To, to which I respond, say, okay, well, what are the standards there, Mr. Chairman, for being a Republican? Because right. what if AOC comes into Indiana and says, hey, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna right. be a Republican? Yeah, doesn't change any of your views. Are you gonna accept that? There's got to be standards. We've got to have a litmus test for who really can can carry the Republican title because. If we don't, then it becomes a watered-down, lukewarm socialist party. I think you got to pound the table. And I, I, that's one thing I really like about what I'm seeing. Even that, even that moment that was like pretty angsty. You know, oh, yeah. There, we had you know, the, have the, a couple the moments call, like calls that. to order. Yeah. But, but, you know, in uh, good to great, Jim Collins talks about that. That's what a good team does. I want to be a part of a party that, that argues with itself. Right. Yeah. If, it, I, I highly doubt you're getting very much of that. On the other side of the ticket. No, because, no yeah. because in terms of egregious things I've said about Kyle Hupfer and Holcomb, yeah. Rhino is not even. No. <laughs> I'll take that one. I would yeah, ask about some of the yeah. other vocabulary yeah. and see what yeah. they uh, see what they had to say. <laughs> I feel better about the Republican Party today than when I walked in here. Praise the Lord! No, 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 no. we're not. Praise on the, the Lord! We're, we're, You're coming over. We're not on the same team here. I'm just, <laughs> just saying, just saying. I feel moderately better about it because of the rejection of the governor. And that makes me feel better that, look, it took me six years of yelling about this guy. And it took the COVID, the lockdown, the, the mandates, the everything, sure. the gas thing. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, Todd Houston gets up there, the Speaker of the House, and just goes, yeah, we can't wait to give you a billion dollars of your own money back. So what, we're not even going to have a discussion about this? Is it a roll over and play dead thing again? This is what people are mad about, right. is that you people don't do anything. Yeah. You're not wrong. I mean, and that's where the leaders of the party need to wake up and say, Start listening to the delegates. Start listening to the, the average Republican voter. And they're not talking about, we're mad that people are yelling rhino at each other. They're mad that there's $5.25 yeah. a gallon yeah. gas yeah. right yeah. now, That's and they can't find the baby formula. That's right. You know, yeah. what I, you know what we need to do? We need to find, because the auditor ran unopposed. Right? Oh, yeah, She's yeah. She's currently walking there right she past She's right there. Us. She's you walking were, by. She was Tara, way too nice. Hey. Tara is, I mean, she is the, a bright spot in the party. I need to find yeah. an unopposed statewide office <laughs> so that I can just get up on the stage. No, no, I, I worked in the auditor's office once before. I wouldn't, for a million dollars, I wouldn't do your job. No, no. No, thank you. Uh, yeah, no, but we need to find an unopposed statewide office so we get the ability to do the floor speech. Yeah. But there's no chance we could lose. Yeah. That, well, there you go. Well, you work on that. So you guys, over the next two years, your job is to rig <laughs> the deck. I mean, <laughs> if, Rob we, Kendall. if we've got to do it in the attorney general's race, it's fine because running against Rokita would be just like running unopposed. And that'd be fine. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know, man. Rokita, he is a, he, the conservatives love him. I'm uh, telling you right oh, yeah, now. Yeah, they, they, they also he's love, been the only one fighting for parents' rights. They also love the guy who got fired from the office. They're about to make him the secretary of state. <laughs> so I you, you guys have some weird people that you get enamored with. You know, you're, you're a libertarian. You're telling us we're weird. Are you kidding me? You I guys just, have guys that think the cat, a yeah, cat should no, no. be the I just president. get enamored with guys who are sweating profusely on statewide television as they're in a debate and say thank you at the end of every answer. Can thank we talk you. about the cat being the president? They, <laughs> they actually might do a better job than who is currently the president. Good point. I, I don't know how long we've gone. I'll filibuster this at the end, thanking the establishment for not shooting. No, we got a whole thing we recorded earlier, the first yeah, part of the show. That's right. So I'll just filibuster at the end okay. and thank the establishment for not shooting me in the back today. It's they probably could have done. Oh, Rob fell to his untimely death from the third floor. Boy, that's terrible. I was wondering how black yeah. and blue you were going to be by the time right. you got through the hall. I can't halls. believe they let you in this place. Yeah, I can't believe it so. either, but 
but I love what you guys do. Real quick before we go, tell us everybody about the Jesus, Sex, and Politics uh, podcast. Yeah, so we've got a podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts called Jesus, Sex, and Politics. Uh, we talk about uh, what's happening in our culture, what's happening in our government from a faith-based hey, perspective. Hey, high taxes. Here we come. It's Jim <laughs> Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, Jim, hey, Jim was on uh, Jesus, Sex, and Politics earlier, so uh, we are... Uh, Jim's a good guy. Did, Jim, did, Jim's fighting for did good you, conservative did values. You, did you pray for Jim that he would not vote for record taxation the next time it's up for a discussion? <laughs> he knows what's right. He'll do the right thing. I, Always. Yeah. So, Tell us about Jesus. Yeah, so Jesus, Sex, and Politics. So we started this out of uh, just the um, idea that there, there was a huge gap in the church in America yeah. engaging in culture and in politics specifically. You, t- you ask most pastors to say, are you engaged in politics? Oh, we don't touch that. We don't touch that one, 50C3 or separation of church and state. Both are things that have, the left has used to keep the church silent, right. right? And our founders, when they founded this nation, they knew without a moral compass, we could not be a free people. And they understood that the church... The Christian ethic, the Judeo-Christian values that were based that we based our constitution off of, if the church didn't rise up and, and maintain the moral beacon in the center of our culture, we would not have liberty. We would have to give ourselves over to tyranny and over to things like communism because everyone would be doing what's right in their own eyes. And so Nathan and I saw that and we had a heart to just say, okay, we're going to speak out truth and get get Christians hopefully back engaged. A lot of it was, a lot of people have a lot of conservative ideals, but they don't know necessarily where that came yeah. from. What we want to do is connect the dots and say, actually the Bible's the, the foundation. If, if, if it's truth, we want to take you back to the scriptures, show you why. And so for a lot, a lot of our listeners are people who didn't know necessarily that they had those Christian ideals right. and they're now connecting that and we, we get letters like that. It's, it's fun to watch Before, that. Yeah. Am I too mean to Lucas? <laughs> I don't know. We'll call him back and ask him, Jim. Jim. <laughs> Am I too mean to these guys well, in general? Yeah. And listen, I think if you, here's what I've noticed. They're all, they've all like, they're all for the most part, good people. Like I, I really do like them oh, as people. Go. He's, even he's like spinning, Governor, spinning even like Governor it. Holcomb is uh-huh. a nice guy. I, I don't dislike him as a person. He's just, I just don't think his policies and his principles are in Does line it get with exhausting being this cheerful all the time. <laughs> <laughs> the joy of the Lord is my strength, Rob. The joy of the Lord is my strength. All right, well, this was fun. I'm glad we did it. Uh, Micah Beck with Nathan Peter Nell. Jesus, sex and politics is the podcast. This is Statehouse Happenings. When we come back, I'll thank the establishment for not killing me today. It's the <laughs> 93 WIBC. Well, we hope you enjoyed that take from the Indiana Republican State Convention last week with uh, Pastor Nathan, myself, and our good friend Rob Kendall from WIBC. You know, sometimes people ask us, they say, Michael, why do you guys hone in on politics so much? Why are you so passionate about politics? And I'm reminded of a passage in Scripture. It's Jeremiah 29, and God's people, the Israelites, had just been uh, taken captive by the Babylonians. And and the Lord allowed the Israelites to be taken into captive. He didn't stop the Babylonians from, from, from capturing them. And many prophets were saying, no, this isn't going to be a very long time. Just God's going to rescue us again. But this is what the Lord said to the Israelites in 29, uh, starting in verse 4. He says, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who were carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and dwell in them, plant gardens and eat their fruit, Take wives and beget sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters that you may be increased there and not diminished. And seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive 
and pray to the Lord for it. For in its peace, you will have peace. So this is interesting because God basically saying, he said, hey, yes, this isn't your home, but pray for this place that you are now going to be established in and pray that it is prosperous. Pray for peace because if there's peace there and prosperity there, you too will be prosperous. And, and I believe that's what the Lord is calling Christians in America now today more than ever. He's saying, hey, you need to engage in the well-being and the prosperity and the peace and the blessings in America. Because if America is prosperous, you will be prosperous. You will have peace too. And most Christians and pastors, you know, they just kind of sit on the sidelines when it comes to engaging in anything that quote unquote has to do with politics. And and I look at Jeremiah 29 and I say, this is not God's intent for us. Yes, we. this isn't our ultimate destination. America is not the end all be all. God's kingdom is the end-all, be-all. We are citizens of heaven, first and foremost. If you're a believer and Jesus has called you his child and you've accepted him as, as your savior and surrendered your life to him, you are in the kingdom of heaven. That is your first citizenship. But like we see here in Jeremiah 29, you are an alien in a foreign land, but, but engage in that land. Bring in the blessings of heaven to that land. Set more captives free in that land. And you will see great things happen, not only in that land, but also in the kingdom of heaven. And I think that's where we miss the boat so often in America, especially as Christians. We just say, ah, God's not, a, God's not concerned with America because America is not going to be here in, in, in eternity. It's going to be one nation. And it's going to be under Jesus's lordship. Well, that's, a, that's not what Jeremiah 29 tells us to do. And that, there's a famous passage that uh, many people know, Jeremiah 29, 11, that's just a few verses down from here. And it says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And that's God's heart. Yes, we're not home yet, but we need to engage. We need to stand up. We need to know what's going on in the world of governance. We need to pray for peace and blessings within our land because if we do that, we will see many of the of God's good blessings flow into our hearts, into our streets, into our communities, and, and certainly set so many people free from the bondage that they find themselves in. I thought it was fitting that maybe we end today's show with um, this inspiring message from President Ronald Reagan's second inaugural address in 1985. He said this, he said, history is a ribbon, always unfurling. History is a journey. And as we continue our journey, we think of those who traveled before us. Now we hear again the echoes of our past. A general falls to his knees in the hard snow of Valley Forge. A lonely president paces the darkened halls and ponders his struggle to preserve the Union. The men of the Alamo call out encouragement to each other. A settler pushes west and sings a song, and the song echoes out forever and fills the unknowing air. It is the American sound. It is hopeful, big-hearted, idealistic, daring, decent, and fair. That's our heritage. That is our song. We sing it still. For all our problems, all our differences, we are together as of old as we raise our voices to the God who is the author of this most tender music. And may he continue to hold us close as we fill the world with our sound. Sound in unity, affection, and love. One people under God, dedicated to the dream of freedom that he has placed in the human heart. Called upon now to pass that dream on to a waiting and hopeful world. That is the American sound. And I feel like that's what 
Jeremiah 29 is echoing, saying, Take the sound of heaven into the land I have placed you. Engage, church, engage. And that's why we bring you this podcast. That's why we talk about what we talk about. And that's why we will never stop engaging in this beautiful fight that God has God has placed us in. I say beautiful fight because we know the victory is the Lord's. And at the end of the day, we will look back for all of eternity and say, man, look how awesome our God was. Even in that foreign land as an alien, God's blessings, his prosperity, and his goodness overflowed through our streets. That's what will happen if we engage. Hopefully you were blessed today. Be sure to like us, subscribe, share this, tell your friends and family about this podcast. Uh, Until next time, have a great rest of your week. Stay inspired, fight for truth, and never give up.